Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Amber McCarthy. You may know her as Amber Mack, and I'm sure she's going to share. There's probably some other iterations <laughs> uh, uh, of the name that she's heard before, too. She's a new media host, producer, strategist, and speaker, vice president, and co-founder of MGI Media. Also did some gigs with City TV and G4 Tech TV, a national television channel entirely devoted to technology. So uh, even before all of this stuff was cool, she was doing it. Uh, she already uh, also has a book that we're going to talk about today called Power Friending, Demystifying Social Media to Grow Your Business. So Amber, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm a big fan of uh, yours as well. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Um, so, how um, I, I'm, I'm, you're never supposed to talk about age with a woman. I have four daughters, and so I uh, um, have have learned that. Uh, but uh, how long have you been doing this? And how did you you, you obviously got started at a, at a very young age, jumping into the kind of this online tech stuff? So, how, so tell me a little bit about uh, how you got started and interested in this particular field. Yeah, no problem. Ten years ago, I graduated with a postgraduate degree in journalism. And at the time, I thought that I wanted to be a television anchor. And so I decided the best place to go to do that is California. So I traveled out to San Francisco. And at the time, the dot-com boom was happening. So it was a little more than 10 years. It was This was in 1999. And when I arrived, there weren't a lot of jobs in television, but they were working, looking for people to work on the web and uh, work at uh, many of the different different uh, dot-com startups that were out there. So I got a job, fortunately, at Razorfish, mm-hmm. which was one of the big leaders in the web design and strategy space at that time. And uh, I was working as a content strategist there and working on building community as well before we even had the term social media. So very early on when uh, I think it was about 23 years old, I fortunately landed just the perfect job and got completely sucked into the whole world of online marketing. Well, so um, the the book title "Power Friending," uh, I have to say, you know, starts off with a you know a pretty good friend at uh, on the top of the book uh, named Tony Robbins. Is there a story behind that one? Yeah, there's a pretty neat story behind that. Uh, someone contacted me a couple of years ago and said that uh, they were working with a pretty high-profile client who was interested in social media. They were coming to Toronto, where I live, and they were interested in starting up a social network, and they wanted someone to advise them. And then they ended up telling me it was Tony Robbins. I was very excited. So sure. uh, Tony Robbins ended up coming to Toronto, and I interviewed him for a technology television show I was working on at the time. And he said, you know, I really want to talk to you more about this project. Would you mind hopping on my jet with me as I fly to do a speaking event a, a couple hours outside of Toronto? And I thought, this is the most bizarre day of my of my life. Right. <laughs> and so uh, after I interviewed him for the show, I ended up uh, dropping my tape back off at the TV station, hopped on the plane with Tony and his little crew, and uh, had a great chat with him about uh, why he was interested in social media, and then worked with him for the better part of a year uh, on some a couple of different projects and really just helping to advise him as far as what was happening in the space. And he is one of the most amazing, generous, kind people I've ever met in my life. And I feel very fortunate uh, to call him a friend. He has many, but uh, I am one of them. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. So um, there are, uh, I cover, I talk to a lot of authors. I, I pay attention to what's going on in the book world. And there are dozens of books coming out this year and last on social media. As you probably know. So I guess one of your chores that I'd like to at least 
task you with is help us understand what's the big idea in this book? Is this, you know, if I can only buy one or two books on the topic, why would I buy this one? Well, I think that uh, you're, first of all, you're, you're bang on. There are tons of books in this space right now. And I think what I really tried to focus on is really having a book that touched on everything you should do in the social media space. So this isn't a book just about Facebook or just about Twitter. It really is how to grow your business using social media from start to finish. So the book starts out with talking about the history of social media, goes into the tools as far as uh, the different things you can do in the social media space, has some testimonials as far as people who have succeeded, people who have failed. So I really see it from cover to cover as being a guidebook for people, something that you read, you have on your desk. And if you're wondering, hey, I'm, I'm about to shoot a video and I want to know what type of camera I should use, how I should frame the video, where I should upload it afterwards. I mean, this book has all of that information. So it's not really a theoretical guide to social media. It really is a hands-on practical guide. And the second thing I would mention is based on the title of Power Friending, it really focuses on how the internet has changed our definition of a friend yeah. and how really at the end of the day, as I know you would agree, it's all about relationships, your relationships online. Yeah. And, and let me, um, again, I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate only because my, uh, you know, I'm, my audience is primarily small businesses. So I get these same sort of, the same sort of pushback all the time. Uh, this, this whole idea of friending, you talk about it in the book, you know, in the offline world, your friends, there were certain rules there were certain things. There was etiquette. There was, you know, what, what a true friendship really means, you know, is, and, and now it's like, okay, I follow you. We're friends now. Yeah. I mean, this, this idea the, uh, of developing relationships that, you know, don't have anything to do with mutual respect and support maybe, uh, but they have to do with the fact that I could put you in my network. I mean, hmm. talk, talk to me a little bit about, that that sort of surface friending that that I think holds a lot of people back. Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it is hard for a lot of people to grasp the idea of that you you would have a friend who you met online and maybe never met face to face. But I'm just using my own experiences as far as the type of friends I have. And now I'll give you an example of this. I have a really good friend who I've been friends with, face to face friends since I was in elementary school. Well, unfortunately, she doesn't know a lot about my life now because she's not part of some of the social networks mm -hmm. that I'm part of. And so I feel as though because of some of the common interests I may have with people who who, are, who follow me on Twitter, who are friends with me on Facebook. We like the same things. We're really into technology and gadgets. It's strange, but we actually have more in common than my circle of friends who I might have grown up with on the same street. So I don't look at it as though my relationships with people online aren't as deep. It, it's it really strange right now in the sense that I feel as though we just have more in common and we talk more, we use the same tools. And so for me, it's just a different kind of friend. You know, it may not be someone who I invite over to, to dinner at my house, but they know a lot about me and I know a lot about them. And there is mutual respect there. And so I think it takes a bit to wrap your head around that idea, but it can be very beneficial. Well, and I think part of the, the, the process is that there actually is, I hate, I'm going to be redundant here and use, use the word process again for the third time, but there is a process by which that, that sort of shared ideas that you come together about grows into something where, you know, the next time you meet that person at a conference, you, you know, you're miles ahead of maybe where you had been if, you know, if you, if you didn't do some of this activity. And I think that that's, it's not simply a matter of click the button and now we're friends. There is, a, there is actually also this idea of, of sharing and getting to know each other. I mean, there is, there is a whole process that's maybe similar to how you would be friends with somebody that, uh, that you went to school with, right? Yeah. I mean, there definitely is. And I think it, I have friends online right now who are 
annoy me just like some of my face-to-face friends, <laughs> face friends might annoy me. You know, there are people on Twitter who tweet too much. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, can you just stop? I don't care what you just ate for breakfast, right. you know? And so I, I think that there are a lot of similarities with these different groups of friends, but you're exactly right in the sense that um, it, you are kind of building these relationships. And a lot of them can turn into offline relationships as well. Now you have a whole chapter um, on what you call rules. And mm-hmm. and so maybe that's uh, maybe there's a good good time to sort of explore a few of those. I mean, because I think that that while the concept of networking and and building friendships maybe ha- has some real similarities online and offline, that there maybe are certain practices that uh, that we might call best practices as well, aren't there? Yeah, there really are. I mean, I always like to break these down, make it really simple into the ABCs. The first one is authenticity. That's something you really want to try to practice online, being real, transparent. And I think most people should also practice that in their daily lives, not just on the web. Uh, The second rule that I like to mention is probably something that is more important on the web, especially for small businesses, is the idea of being brave. And this is really important because there's so much noise online. As I'm sure you know, there are 600 tweets sent out on Twitter every single second. There are are so many different groups on Facebook. And so you really need to do something to stand out from the crowd. And you really need to be adventurous and innovative as well. And a lot of people think, okay, well, if I update my Facebook account a couple times a week and Twitter, then maybe I'll build my following. Well, if you're lucky, you you will. But to actually build it more quickly and more effectively, you want to do something that really helps you stand out, something really original. And so I think that's the second rule that is very important. And the third thing is to be consistent. And when I say that, I mean that if someone is posting on your Facebook page or on your YouTube account and you don't follow up with their comment for uh, a few weeks, then it can be uh, detrimental to your actual social media initiative and what you're trying to do on the web. So consistency plays a really important role. I always like to equate it to going to the gym. If we only go to the gym once a month, we're not going to see results. And the same thing applies in the social media space. Well, and, and as I listen to you talk about those, I mean, I, I think you can make a very strong case. In fact, I have for years that, that that's that's what you just mentioned is basic to marketing, period, where, regardless of where you're doing it. And I think that that's a point that a lot of people get tripped up on, I believe. They they see this as like some strange foreign thing over here that they need to learn how to do. And, and I um, I firmly believe that, that, in fact, I wrote a post this week, uh, the title of which was Why Social Media Doesn't Matter Anymore. Yeah. Um, and I got a ton of positive feedback on that. And, and what I was saying, I wasn't saying that, th- that it's over and these tools don't matter. What I was saying is I think that it's just infiltrated and integrated our entire life and our entire business and every aspect of it. And so the idea of, of calling it something separate, um, I think, is actually what is holds some of the small business folks back, that, that if we practice authenticity, um, bravery or, or differentiation, you know, if we want to call it that, um, and consistency in everything, then it's just a matter of picking the right tools. This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. I totally agree with you. I mean, I devoted an entire section in the, the book just to the fears and, and how people are so afraid of this space. And we really should just relax a little bit. I mean, we are by nature and have been throughout um, <laughs> humankind. We are social by nature. You know, social media isn't really necessarily uh, that revolutionary of a concept. So uh, I completely agree with what you just said. And I, I, I think, you know, for the purpose of the book, it's easy to put it into this category of talking about social media, but it really is. It's 
it's just marketing and it's being very social with your marketing and uh, building the connections. But a lot of what I talk about in the book is choosing the right tools. And I think that's what people really need to have. Yeah. And so, so let's jump into some of the practical how to stuff. Um, You talk about, you know, targeting the right networks. That's certainly a question I get all the time. You know, that's a lot of times they want to know, do I need to be on LinkedIn or Facebook? You know, and so uh, give me some advice or give uh, my listeners some advice on, on how they might identify the best place to spend their time. I mean, because we're all so time-strapped, you know, sometimes you need to be efficient. Well, sometimes people, when they think about social media, they think, okay, well, I've been hearing a lot about Twitter and Facebook, and so I know I need to be there. But the reality is you need to think first about where your audience is. I mean, it seems like such a simple concept, but think about the people that you want to reach out and you want to market to, and think about what type of tools they may be using, where they might be playing online. For instance, if you you have a small cafe or restaurant, then a great tool for you might be something like Foursquare, which is a location-based service where people can check in and you can offer them special deals. I mean, that's a fantastic tool for for anyone, you know, even if your business is really small, because all of a sudden you can really spread the message virally, figure out who your, your loyal customers are. And so just think a lot about your business, how it operates and where people are participating online already. Yeah, I love the idea of, of like the coffee shop using that as the punch card. Um, have you oh, seen some people great. do that? You know, you show your phone. This is my yeah. 10th check-in. Okay, you get you get I a know. free coffee. I just think that's so cool. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. And what I love about Foursquare, and, and I'm, I'm thinking a lot more about Foursquare these days, and some of these other tools, is they're great for small yeah. businesses. I mean, it's not difficult to set yeah. up. You can say that, you know, hey, come in and check in at my location, and I'll give you a discount for of you know, 10% on your next coffee or 25%. Right. My local coffee shop has literally hundreds and hundreds of people checking in on a regular basis. The mayor has been there like 300 times. And this is an independently That's owned great. coffee shop. It's such yeah. a great story. Yeah. Kansas City is really behind the curve on uh, some of that. I, I think I'm the mayor of about 15 places. You know, t- like th- I'm the mayor of like three coffee shops. And, you know, Don, you need competition. I know, I know. Do you know how hard it is to be the mayor of three coffee shops? Because, you know, everybody goes to a coffee shop every day, right? They go to their favorite coffee shop every day. So there's nobody here. <laughs> You're nicely wired. I know, it's funny. So. Um, all right, so the, the the next question I get a lot of times was, well, what do I say or how do I get you know, stuff into these communities? How do I make myself relevant? I mean, those those are kind of questions that all sort of come into one, you know, one bucket. Uh, any advice there? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big fan of you. Obviously, you don't want to just promote yourself and always be talking about different deals at your company. I think people are increasingly interested in terms of the the sort of story behind the people who run a company. And they like little personal tidbits about y- your life. So I think that you can have a balance of sort of professional content, maybe share a little bit about your, whether it's your favorite movie, a picture of your dog. I think people on the web really appreciate that because like we talked about at the beginning of the show, increasingly we are connecting just with people on the the web. So we need to be able to have a little more insight into their lives since we may not get to meet them face to face. So if you can do those types of things, I, can, I think it can be very advantageous. And also ask questions of your community. I mean, this is one of the best things to drive traffic on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you might be, is just if you've built up a small community, ask them questions. What do you want to see more of? Uh, what do you think of this new product that I have in? Uh, how do you think I should be communicating? I mean, really leverage your audience because people, as we've learned, I think both of us, <laughs> it, people really love to communicate, share, and help people online. So um, don't try to go into it thinking, I need to know everything and I need to say everything. Really, really open up and use your community to help you along. I can't tell you how many times I've had sort of the 
seed of an idea for maybe a blog post or when I was writing, you know, one of my books and I just kind of put it out there on Twitter and end up in this 10 minute discussion where I go, wow, I got some real insight, you know, on I that. Know. It's very cool. Oh. I drive my fiance crazy because literally we'll have a, I'll have a tech problem at home and he'll try to solve it taking hours. And I'm just saying, well, just let me go on Twitter. Yeah. I can solve this in one minute. And he's like, stop it with your Twitter friends. Yeah. You know, in fact, this whole wired thing, um, I, I think is really interesting. I mean, there's not, again, speaking of driving people crazy, I drive my wife crazy with this. I mean, she'll have some question or we'll have some, you know, I wonder how that's done or why that's like that or, yeah. or who starred in that movie. And it's just like, whip out the phone, you know, it's like, know. I'll have an answer to anything I want to know. And it's really, really, it's very bizarre. So, um, I, this question uh, I get asked, or I, frankly, I don't get asked it enough, but certainly this idea you mentioned uh, of authenticity, um, that, uh, you know, that, you know, am I sharing too much? Am I, you know, how do, I mean, how do I be real? I mean, I, you know, how do I not, you know, this whole idea of being authentic. I mean, it, it isn't something you either are or you aren't. Yeah, I think that I think that's true, but I also think a lot of people put up a shield online and they think that they should go into things and have this sort of protective persona where they're not sharing anything about themselves and they'll go on to Twitter and other sites and they'll use their company names and they won't let any per personal information kind of trickle out. And I think as we've seen with companies, you know, as large as Zappos, how their CEO yeah. Tony is very proactive in in the social media space to smaller companies where an individual business owner has built a following that it it's I think it's very important to actually go out there um, and, and and authenticity means that you should be real you should be authentic and transparent but I think it also means that you should let your guard down maybe just a little bit and we're not used to doing that especially in the business world but I think that 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 can have better results for you online in the social media space yeah I totally agree so uh, managing the whole beast uh, figuring out what's making you money what's not figuring out how much to spend I mean how do you how do you uh, how do you juggle that whole piece yeah, that's a tough thing as well because I think with most social media strategies, you can actually do them fairly inexpensively. Right. For small businesses, this is great. I mean, if you can take a couple hundred dollars, buy a flip video camera, you know, maybe some pay for some pro accounts online and and get started. The big investment is your time, right. <laughs> and uh, that's something that more people have to figure out how to deal with and decide how much time they're going to devote to participating in this space because it can suck the life out of you. I mean, you can be up all night and 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 posting and, and managing your account. So I think that one of the best things people can do is just sort of have some type of, of plan in place and say that they're going to, for the first few months, devote, I don't know if it's half an hour a day right. or an hour a day to, to, to doing these things to try to build their community online because otherwise they're going to drive themselves crazy and get sucked into it and, um, and you know, could waste a lot of time and, and not be focusing on other things in their business that are important. Yeah, I, I actually like to show people how to just set up a routine. You know, if that, you exactly. know, because you're right. I mean, I, I could go on right now onto Twitter and spend about six hours just res just <laughs> responding to people. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, some of that might have some value, a great deal of that would not, particularly when measured against something else I probably should be doing. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so uh, only because I have uh, gone through the book writing process myself, um, uh, the, the, you know, the process is a lot longer than people realize from the time you write these words to the time they're printed on, on paper. Uh, what has changed <laughs> in, in the book? Yeah. What, what, what would the addendum, you know, now look like uh, between the time you wrote this book and 
just because you you happen to pick a topic that is evolving uh, rapidly. Sure. Well, I think that most things in the book are, are still very relevant. If I could go back and enhance something, I probably would focus more on Facebook. Mm. And the reason I say this is because I, I had a great opportunity a few weeks ago to sit down with some of the uh, lead strategy um, people at Facebook to talk about how to build up your community on the site. And I really wasn't using Facebook to its full potential. I mean, I, I was there. I was I built a community, but I don't think that I did everything that I could have been doing. And I'm trying to do some of that stuff now. And they gave me some great well, tips share, and insights. Share, share. Yes, I know. Honestly, John, this is driving me crazy because it's so valuable. Um, just telling me things that, I mean, are kind of obvious, but you don't think about like on your Facebook page for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us might focus on that page itself in terms of making the page look good and, and adding tabs to the top and thinking about people coming to that page. But one of the things Facebook told me is that if you think about it, most people don't come to your page. They read your posts, your updates in their news feeds on their home pages mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Facebook. So only about 10% of the people on Facebook actually venture out to someone's page. And that's only after they've seen an interesting uh, post and they want to click over. And so most people are consuming the information from your company, from your business in their home pages, in their news feed on Facebook, which means that you don't need to spend your time and effort on making your page look fantastic and adding tabs because people don't go to those tabs. <laughs> uh, you need to focus on what I like to call the big blank box at the top of Facebook where you, you add your updates yeah. and, and and focus on writing things that are compelling, that will get shared, that will get commented on because that's what you want to do. You want to get into as many people's news feeds as possible. Uh, another tip they gave me is that there is a huge um, difference between just posting a text message and adding a photo. Even if the photo is on your camera phone, right? Uh, people love to see photos in their news feeds. And so if you can post a photo with almost everything that you're you're posting and just something kind of fun or relevant, then that can help in terms of the numbers and the sharing as well. So just really concentrate on that area, concentrate on um, beefing up the content and uh, adding things like photos and, and, and videos and asking questions. They're saying that, you know, asking a question is one of the best ways to get people involved in commenting and uh, um, to build your audience. So I could go on and on forever about using Facebook, but I think that's, um, I kind of, I don't want to say I dismissed it before. I knew it was important, one of the important tools. But after talking to them and realizing that Facebook is the only social network in the world where people are sharing real information about themselves <laughs> and and their real networks from their, you know, best friend in, in kindergarten to their moms to their dads, it's a very valuable destination for business marketers. Well, I have uh, been a big fan uh, of that as well uh, for quite some time. Uh, they've had a couple, over the years, they've had some uh, some hiccups and uh, we're kind of going mm-hmm. through it, um, one right now with uh, the whole privacy uh, debacle. Does that give you any cause for, for pause? Well, I think that a lot of us hopefully have learned throughout this privacy issue that you shouldn't post anything <laughs> online that is too private. And I, I, I am not going to cancel my Facebook account. I'm also never, I don't care how many privacy settings they put in place, going to share my phone number yeah. or my home address <laughs> on Facebook. And people do. I think they've put so much trust in that service. And I would say, don't share that information anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't think that it you know, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, I I tell people that's the very same thing. I don't think we, I don't think that they've done anything to earn that kind of trust. And you know, we we've sort of kind of almost feel like, hey, this, you know, this free service of which we are not a customer, we're just a part of the, <laughs> we're one of the features yeah. actually. Um, uh, you know, why why would we expect 
really, you know, that sort of, you know, unchecked or, you know, privacy. I just, you know, yeah. I think it's exactly you know, silly to expect. I think you're, so. you're bang on. I mean, I never expected it in the first place. And it, it, it baffles my mind when I hear people say, and I'm, many of your listeners uh, will probably agree with this, hear people say, well, you know, why does Facebook have to do anything with our information? Why Think about it. They have 400 million users. They need to make yeah. money. <laughs> this company needs to figure out a way to make a little bit of money so they can handle all of the support for all of their mm-hmm. users. And so I don't knock them for trying to figure out a business model because hopefully they do so we can keep using the site. Yeah. They've, they, the way they've gone about it, it's been a little goofy, but uh, what the heck. Sure, so, I agree. So people, uh, the book will be available uh, very soon in bookstores and they can find it online. And what about your... T- uh, we didn't talk about it, but uh, uh, share with me a couple other places that uh, people can connect with you or uh, see what you're doing uh, in, in the TV um, world. Yeah, no problem. So uh, basically, if you head on over to my website at ambermack.com, you can get links to pre-order the book and links to some of the other stuff I do. I do a video podcast called Command N, which I've been doing for about five Mm. years. It's a technology show that I do on a weekly basis. I do an audio podcast with Leo Laporte called Net at Night, uh, and I've been doing that for a while as well. And uh, I do a TV show called Web Nation, and you can see uh, archived versions of that at webnation.tv. And uh, like I said, probably ambermack.com. Is the best place that's to go to just the start hub. Off the hub of that's the all hub. Right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, we all need we we all need a hub, and that's important for small businesses <laughs> yeah. too. Have your uh, your home destination. Absolutely. Well, Amber, thanks for doing this. This was great, and I know we uh, we had our challenges getting to getting a date together. So I appreciate uh, you taking the time, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Anytime. Right. Thank you all so right. much. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.